All right, Justin, I want you to sing me a song that is the worst song from a terrible artist slash band. That's like a double whammy. Wow. Um, the worst song from an artist who I think is the worst artist? <laughs> Essentially, what's the worst song from a shitty band and or artist? Hmm. Man, we got to go with Old Faithful here. In farmer, you don't see my balls if I was a player. I lick you boo-boo's down. It's the bouncy 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 I lick you boo-boo's down in farmer. We'll go with that. What is that song? I mean, I mean, I know the song, Informer. but who is the artist? Um, some Canadian fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name again? Arguably the worst oh Canadian gosh. since Brian Adams. Ooh, that was rough. It doesn't fucking matter who sang that song, no. I thought he said who it was, and I didn't hear it. That's why I was asking. No, he just sang the song. I mean, it's a Canadian Rastafarian. Enough said. His name is Snow. <laughs> of course just it is. He's a fucking Snow. Canadian Rastafarian. Of course his just name is Snow. Snow. And I, I think he did the 1980s Mountains of Coke to fucking come up with that song, too. I think that's a very appropriate name. So, Justin, always you, hated it. Yeah, you get a win on that. That was not the song Heck I was looking yeah. for, but that is a fucking win. Nice. Uh, Heather, what about you? Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Oh, oh, I almost want to give you that, but you did mess up the words. What did it's I? Every time it makes me laugh. Oh, okay, so but I still <laughs> said that. Yeah, they're being very technical right now. I think oh, I got that point. But that's a very iconically bad song. I, I know. mean, to mess up the words. Oh, God, there should be punishment. Oh, because Jastin got all of his words right? <laughs> sure, because I don't fucking know the words anyway. It sounded exactly like him. Oh, boy. <laughs> Could you tell no me offense, he got Jastin, any of the I words I mean, that wrong? was a great rendition, but I just, <laughs> I don't know the words, so. That sounded exactly like studio quality version of that song. <laughs> I mean, he was just Aww. doing it acapella. I'm just like, I was I was really proud of my really immediate response oh, to the question. Oh, Justin, you decide. I mean, she did hit all the parameters, Sterling. I mean, Thank you. she did hit all the parameters. She, it was, she was all about like one word, right? What did she say yeah. every time? I, I think I every, added just a word or two. But you I said, the word said all you, the words. Every time it makes you laugh. No, it's every what? time it, you said every time it makes you laugh. You put the word you in there and it did not go. I don't I know. Think, you said something and win. it was wrong. But like I said, it's Justin's decision. And it sounds like he was giving it to you. Yeah. I didn't want to last time, you know. <laughs> she had to she had to she had to give me that court case speech at the end to get it last time, but this time I'm I, I think she, I think she earned it. I think she got it. That's a bad Thanks, song. Justin. Thank you. It's bad. I mean it's bad. You know, it's a bad song, so Thank you. Of course, she didn't know all the agree. words. Because right, it's, bad, it's right? a bad song, and nobody cares about it. So. <laughs> Fine. Yay! I'm still like ne negative six and something as my score, my total score. So <sighs> I'm still losing by a long shot. It's fine. I don't care. I still don't like to lose. I know that. I'm going That's why for you a created third this one. game. We're gonna go for a third one here then. Tamara, the guest we have on this episode that we're introducing you in this way. Same to you. Oh, geez. I don't know. 
can't think of anything. Shoot. Well, that song from Mika that, uh, um, it's like an old song. It's probably 10 years old. It's like, uh, like, fucking too hard on a lollipop. Love's gonna get you down. <laughs> That's I the worst no song ever. I fucking clue what that song is. That's the song they do in um, Pitch Perfect 2. I, I know I've the, heard the, that. Correct. The guy group sings it. it. Correct. It's the worst song ever. Wait, what? I'm not, I'm not, it's not clicking. You've um, seen Pitch Perfect 2, right? Yes. The guys, when they do their, like, um, college thing. Oh. I, th- I guess because I've never heard that song outside of that movie. Yeah. I remember hearing it before that movie. And, yeah, it's uh, it's not great. <laughs> Mika is good, but that song is, like, of all the songs they could have done, that's not really the best one. Mm-hmm. I say that counts. But that's just well, of course you're going to say that counts. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think Heather disqualified her just by saying that Mika is good, which by default breaks the rules of the game. Justin, you'll be the tiebreaker and get not, on this. It wasn't the, the, that was the I, rules. that was me. Tamara might not think he's great. But. I don't think he. I think he's great. So Tamara didn't say that. I said that. I don't. I mean. <sighs> I mean, I, I really, I know you song. really, you really just want to win this. I understand that, Sterling. I know that's the problem. Look, okay. I just watched <laughs> X Men New Mutants. I really kind of need a win, guys. Like, I'm just going to okay. go out there and say this. I need a win. <laughs> okay, just through no fault of, of her own. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> it will be up to Justin again. He's the tiebreaker. What say you, Justin? I'm just going to answer with a question, Sterling. Now, you vaguely remembered that song, right? Now, what feelings immediately came to you when you heard her sing that song? And if it was anything good, then we can't give her the point. But come on, bro. I mean, know. but, but I you like, thought of that song. I like Ben Platt you, you and Skylar Austin. Bad. They're delightful people, and they sang that song in Pitch Perfect 2. But I don't even really remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to watch Pitch Perfect, I'm going to watch the first one. I mean, let's be real. That's fair, too. I think it was bad. Not so much her singing, but that song is not good. You know what I mean? It's it not. was all bad. It's okay. It's okay for you to say that. Oh, fine. She can get a win to whatever. <laughs> yes. Whatever. Well, when you get to express your feelings about the movie, that will be the win for you. When we get to the spoiler section... You need to win the spoiler section, okay? But I mean, yourself none, of, up. none of you guys said the right song, though, because the right song is the heavy metal version of Ice Ice Baby. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I could see that. Can we get a little, um, can we hear that a little bit? <laughs> oh, I don't fucking sing. <laughs> I always just say the songs. I don't sing it. Wait, hold up. I just say them. You you have to you have to sing this. We all had to sing ours. Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the rules of the game. Tamara's new here, but I don't disagree. That is not how this game is played. Everybody else has to sing. And then I just say if you're right or wrong and then give the correct answer I was looking for. I'm like Alex Trebek. My my apologies. I don't have to follow the rules of everybody else. I just sit around with a mustache and exude my authority over the game. You you don't need to apologize, Tamara. That's just he invented the game purposefully so that he would mostly win and humiliate everyone. Yeah. You could yes. be pretty sure you could tell by that 
who make, created this game. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you know now. Hey, controls. I didn't make the rules. I just enforced them. <laughs> who cared, who created the rules then? What's going on? Some just incredibly sexy bald bearded man that I don't know. I just received the mm. rules, you know, like they were prophesized to me. I wrote them down and that's just what it is. That's all I know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, I Makes just total sense. I just channeled the rules from somewhere else. I was just sitting around. I was like, man, I really want a game. And that's just what came forth from the ether, if you will. That was profound. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. And on that note, let's keep the music. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And as was mentioned earlier, we do have a special guest today. A friend of Heather's, Tamara, is on this episode today. And we will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie New Mutants. Ugh, that's so terrible. Anyway. Uh, but first and foremost, before we even start that, we have to go back to a segment that we have not done in a long time because oh, we haven't had a guest in a long time that hasn't been on before. So, I mean, we are starting with the game, the actual original game. This game predates the song game. I mean, what we've had this game since what, like our second or third episode, whenever we yeah. did our first one with the uh, rebel, uh, the rebel crew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. It was like second or third episode in. Yeah, it this is the original second, we did, game. I think this I think it was the fourth episode, actually, because we did the first episode was the intro. And then the second one was A Quiet Place. Yeah, you're right. And third was That's Avengers true. Infinity War. Mm hmm. Yeah. So but yep. still, it was the first. It was the original Cinema Slayers game. That's true. Yeah. Season one <laughs> Cinema Slayers. It's like <laughs> that first Ringa episode. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of went through that a little fast. I didn't even get a chance for Tamara to say hi. Hey. See, there we go. Hey, everybody. Now I don't feel like a complete asshole. Just most of one. Um, so I guess, yes, let's start with the, 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 the game. So question one of the game. What are your top three movies? Uh-oh. Okay. That's a tough one. I feel like I have uh, split personalities when it comes to liking movies. Um, cause I have like my girly side, which is like lock to remember, um, the parent trap and you have like, um, you know, princess diaries and stuff like that, but that's just from growing up. But, um, like, I guess overall, like maybe movie, like a uh, catch me if you can, um, sleeping with the enemy is a good one. Because of my boyfriend, I actually really like the Godfather movies. <laughs> so I have to say the Godfather. I accept it's those. Kind of, it's pretty much split. So it's kind of weird to have that, you know, mix of things. But I guess that's my answer. I'm, I, I guess. There was like 27 movies. I'm trying to figure out what the three were. Um, Not including the girly side <laughs> one she mentioned first. I think she was saying the other ones were their ones. Yeah. And that's fair. I mean, you did say a lot of good movies. I mean, 
I don't know why, but I also like A Walk to Remember. It's Do you? fucking terrible. But it, it is, is it also is. delightful as it fuck. I, I have a huge soft spot for Mandy Moore and Shane West. <laughs> yes. Have you seen her in the uh, Entourage uh, series? <laughs> no, she needs a little I, cameo. <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch Entourage. I did not oh, okay. watch that one. That was yeah. That was a dark time for HBO. But yeah. I, I did not, but no, I do. I love that. And like, I love Shane West for some weird reason. I mean, neither one of them, especially at the time of a walk to remember did anything to deserve, you know, me liking them or having soft spots for them. But no, I do I do. I even, I even felt bad. Like I felt bad for Shane West for being in league of extraordinary gentlemen. No one else. Everybody else can fuck off. But I felt bad. He was in it. <laughs> he was in a really good series on, uh, WG in America, Salem. I liked that show. I didn't actually know he was on that show. Mm-hmm. He's the main character. And he was delightful. I liked him in his, like, period, like, early 1700s garb or whatever fucking time period that was in. Salem Witch Trials time. I don't know when that was. I have drank a lot tonight, guys. <laughs> we I found out the- that you like a walk to remember. That's great. I, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'll never deny that. <laughs> Um, okay, so yes, the the next, I mean, do, uh, well, do you guys have any more thoughts about her movie selections? Well, one that stood out to me was when she said The Parent Trap, and I'm assuming you're talking about, like, the old school, like the 1960s, Kaylee oh, Mills I, I, no, it to, It's trap, totally right? the Lindsay Lohan version. I was, I was thinking the Lindsay Lohan version, to be See, truthful. Come on, Justin. Oh. Come on, Jason. Uh, too bad. See, man, because I remember growing up as a kid and on the Disney Channel, that old one with Haley Mills, they would always run commercials on that. And they would always show it would just it was like that forever loop of Disney Channel stuff. So, yeah, I always just remember that. So when people bring that up, that's the first thing that always comes to mind. Just nostalgic stuff. But yeah, but I was going to say the Lohan one is good, too. I liked both of them, but yeah, I always just that uh, Haley Mills one has a soft spot there because I remember they were used to because like the commercial would end and they would always go Haley Mills and Haley Mills and it would like say her twice like she was two people. So I always thought that that was just (laughs) neat when I was a kid, you know, but anyway, yeah, that's random. But yeah, the the parent trap stood out to me when she said that because no one's ever said that. So that was a unique one. All right. So then that makes me that makes me like ask the question: What do you like about the of the ripoff of the parent trap with the Olsen twins vehicle? It takes two. It is definitely one of my childhood favorite movies, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Not as good as the Lindsay Lohan one for sure. I mean, I don't know. When I was a child. I loved the fuck out of It Takes Two. And it has everything to do with the fact that when the the rich one was eating a sloppy joe, that whole scene, I just love. I don't know why. I'm trying to remember that scene. Well, because like Christy Allen's character is like, come on, it's your favorite sloppy joe. And she's obviously thinking about the one that's like an orphan. And right. the rich one's like, I, I've never, I don't know. And, just, and then she like takes a bite and she's like, oh my God, this is amazing. What did you call this? A sloppy Joe is just completely flabbergasted about the idea of eating <laughs> poor people food. Yeah. But she loved okay. it. 
It's vaguely coming back to me now. And then they have like a food fight. Yeah. I do remember the food fight, actually. I have a feeling Justin never saw that movie. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I missed that one. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. I mean, just think of any Olsen Twins movie ever, and you're probably thinking of something very close. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of all the same. Mm. So are we on to the next question now? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Question number two. What are your top three TV shows? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, as of recently, I mean, I like the Stranger Things series on Netflix. Um, can everyone hear me? Okay. Yep, well, you can hear you. Okay. Um, I like uh, This Is Us right now. Um, as far as anything, I'm not really watching anything else. I can't really... Not too sure about. Well, it can be an old thing too. It doesn't have to be new. It can be like any any TV show. Um, uh, Friends, of course. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, Friends. Yeah. Yep, Friends for sure. Friends is my well, Heather. We always watch Friends together. So. Yes, we do. I am not ashamed. I mean, Stranger Things is good. I as much as I have a soft spot for Mandy Moore, I can't watch This Is Us. Even though I do love. Her and Sterling K. Brown. Uh, I just don't want to see her old yet. I can't handle that, so I don't watch it. <laughs> just just watch the ones where you know she's not old. How the fuck am I supposed to know that? You just got to watch <laughs> it and then just skip through it if it's old Mandy Moore. <laughs> she's really good in it, though. I will say I think it's her best acting that she's done in movies or TV shows, everything. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but... Yeah, me too. I'm just, I am personally not ready to see an old Mandy Moore. It makes me sad. It is a little sad. I have to agree with that. But, I mean, it's a part of life, and that's why she's a good actress. She makes it come to life. So there. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I did. And, all right, so I'll, I'll talk about Friends a little bit. I I watched, like, two episodes of Friends on Thanksgiving. And you I did. Think, I think that's the most consecutive amount of friends I've ever watched in my life. Did you watch the like Thanksgiving episodes? Yeah, I don't know. It was some fucking marathon thing on WGN and I couldn't find the remote. <laughs> oh no, that's the only <laughs> way you'll watch it. That's a sad day. I mean I mean I know the big plot points, I guess, like Chandler and Monica get together and I don't know, Ross did something when they were on a break. Who fucking cares? That's basically the plot of the show. That's, That's all you all need to know, friends. really. And Joey eats a lot. Yes. See, I know the show. And Phoebe's a hippie. Oh, God. <laughs> See, that's kind of sad, though, because like the Thanksgiving ones are like my favorite episodes of Friends. I also watched it on Thanksgiving because for me, that's kind of a tradition. Um, I didn't unintentionally watch it like Sterling did. But yeah, it's. I will never not love that show. I think I think I'm the only one on this podcast that really, well, aside from Tamara today, who watches it. Because, Jason, you never really watched it, right? Uh, just bits and pieces here and there. Um, sometimes I would catch episodes. I haven't, like, watched the whole thing. But I didn't hate it or anything. I liked Phoebe. I liked that character. I found her oh, funny. You would like the dirty hippie, you asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's she's great. I don't know what you're talking about, Sterling. There's no such thing as a great hippie. Oh, boy. Oh, so you very, just haven't met the nice ones. 
No, it's just a very touchy subject for me. Hippies. Oh. Ugh. Tamara, what was the first show you said? You said, uh, this is us, friends, and what was Stranger the Things. Yeah, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. See, I pay attention. <laughs> well, no, I just, I think I was still stuck on, like, the movies she mentioned. <laughs> that was going through my head. But, no, I actually, I 100% like every one of the ones you said. So, I, I only approve of your message. Well, thank you, Heather. <laughs> oh, so we on to the third question. And it's not the final question because of the fourth secret one, but the third question. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready. All right. So when it comes to movies and television, what would you say your biggest guilty pleasure is and why? Ooh, guilty pleasure. Um, that's, I can't think of anything. I'm really sorry. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> like nothing? just no guilt. You have no guilt. That's all it is. Yeah, I can't think of like I can't think of anything. Like no reality Shoot. television or old shows that are garbage. Oh, or... okay. Well, here you guys got me now because I used I used to. I don't watch any anymore. But for a while, I would watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Hey, I totally <laughs> I get would it. fall asleep to it. So maybe that's. I mean, I, it was just literally like my go to thing to watch if I just didn't want to think about anything and just kind of wanted to look at my phone and have some background noise so i kind of get that so yeah i guess yeah keeping oh, up that, that's a big thumbs up for me i love the kardashians so <laughs> they're they can be funny i mean the show can be funny hey there's no shame in that you just love kim k yeah and kanye but that's besides <laughs> i'll be honest point. though i kind of love kim k too i actually think she's great so i i get it yeah i mean, I, mean I just i also love how like naively oblivious they are to things just because they've never lived a normal life correct it's fascinating as fuck it is it is any comments on the kardashians justin um i've seen it's kind of like friends i've seen i've been in and out dibbled and dabbled uh with a few episodes um one time i had a boss that i was working for and she complained that she had bought the Kim Kardashian shoes and she didn't like them very much. Yeah. So there's my are these the sketchers? story about this. Are these yeah, the those sketchers? sketchers? Yes, those. But she was like, I got those Kim Kardashian shoes and I didn't like them. And then she just kind of stormed off and I was like, okay, I don't know why I needed to know that, but see, everything <laughs> happens for a reason. So now I'm telling it here. There you go. She must have known that this would happen. I mean, it is what it is. I'm I'm just glad that ultimately at some point in your lifetime, that story had a purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I oh, how life works. <laughs> I don't know about her shoes, but I do like her. Um, she has like a shapewear line and she has a makeup line. And I like both of those a lot, too. So skims, right? Yeah, man. Those are good. Yeah. You guys don't know nothing about that. That's OK. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm a big supporter of her husband until he went completely ridiculous with this last album. All right. But up well, until then, I, I, I think was it was a pretty huge good. Kanye fan. I know. It's because you don't like him talking about, you want him rapping about what he always raps about. You don't want him rapping about Jesus. I know. Yeah, it's boring. I want to hear him talking about fucking and drugs and money 
and rapping with this fucking backpack and a pink ass polo. That's what I want. Those were the days. But the love is always there. I know. You love him anyway. I mean, he does have one of the greatest albums of all time. That's all I'm saying. The last one, right? No, no <laughs> asshole. That's just rude. You're pulling a Justin. You're just oh. being rude and pulling a Justin. Not at all. I mean, in my head, me and Kanye were best friends. And he betrayed you. Yeah. Then he started ghosting me and started doing this shit. And it makes me sad. I mean, how would you feel about losing one of your best friends? It wouldn't be great. So I feel your pain. Exactly. And you're just sitting there rubbing salt in the wound. Sorry for your loss, Jim Sterling. See, thank you. Was that that hard? No. Deepest but, sympathies, sir. But if I lost them to Kim Kardashian, if it was like you lost, you're going to lose your friend because he's going to marry Kim Kardashian. I guess I'd be hurt, but I'd kind of understand, you know, I think I ah, he to, did some good albums after that. Though. Like the life and times L, of you know Pablo I mean? was after Kimye. Uh, Jesus was after Kimye. I mean, he had some good albums after that. Okay. So you're saying you just want him to return to form. You know, yeah. you just, and I'm, I'm completely down with him being experimental and doing different things. Cause that's one of the reasons why I do love him. Yeah. It's just, Whenever he's like, I'm going to do just a rapping gospel album and then I'm going to go back and re-edit all my old music to get rid of all the curse words and fun out of it. It's sad. I mean, if he just wanted to do a gospel album and all that, other stuff, I'm completely fine with it. Sure. I might not like it, but that's fine. Just don't go then and ruin all your old stuff, too. See, now I'm all sad. See, I thought you guys said I was going to get a win this episode at some point. Well, and why don't you I'm ask your favorite feeling. question? And maybe you'll feel better. Well, yeah, but just, maybe I won't. It depends on her answer. Okay, camera. The fourth secret question that we developed halfway through all this is what is your favorite sandwich? Okay. It is the number 13 sandwich from Jersey Mike's. It is the Italian, original Italian sandwich. That's my that's my answer, my final answer. Okay, so just an original Italian sandwich. That's not a bad sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, see, that should that should help a little bit. That, you know, better answer than than last time, Sterling. I mean I think my answer for that was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I think that was what I said. <laughs> or a possibly oh. grilled cheese because I do love grilled cheese. I think that, that is a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Old reliable. You know what? Maybe it was, I think one of our other guests said peanut butter and jelly. I don't even remember who it was, but somebody said it and I was like, I get it because that's one of mine too. So, I mean, that's but a again, classic I'm sandwich. sure, I'm sure Sterling, what, you know, obviously you have a correct answer, right? For well, yeah, this question. A, it always is the Cuban. The Cuban is the best sandwich ever made. But it has to be like legit Cuban, not like the made yeah. up forms of the Cuban. Give me one of those fucking bastard Cubans that's got like extra shit on it. It's just gonna be a Cuban. <laughs> You could, I'm not completely against a Tampa Bay version, which typically has something to add spice to it that is slightly acceptable. But other than that, then you have something like a Jimmy John's and it's like ham and bacon. And they're like, that's our Cuban. And I'm like, you're just a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> I mean, how hard is it? It's ham and pork shoulder, not ham and bacon. Ham and bacon's a ham and bacon sandwich. Man, see, now I'm getting all fired up. Oh, no, now that. you got sad again. <laughs> It went in the wrong direction. You mentioned the bad Cubans. My bad. See, I just should have known this was coming because we watched fucking New Mutants. 
<sighs> Nothing good will come from it. I know. It's not possible. I mean, uh, we should have learned our lesson with X-Men Dark Phoenix, but no, no, no. This came out on iTunes and I was like, oh, my God, guys, we have to do it since it was like one of the first movies to come, you know, during quarantine because it came out the week before Tenet and nobody saw it because you might risk going to the movies for Tenet, but you're not sure as fuck. No one's going to go do that for New Mutants, obviously. Uh, so you guys want to talk about this shit fest of a movie? <laughs> Let's go. I guess. Oh, all right. So like I said earlier, we're going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with this movie. We will give a just in general thoughts on the movie. We will give our recommendations and scores, and then we will go, go into a more spoiler centric section afterwards. Uh, just so we're not throwing her to the wolves initially, we'll start with you, Heather. What are your spoiler-free thoughts on New Mutants? Spoiler-free. Okay. Um, well, I did hear a lot about this movie before it came out, as in, like, how terrible we should expect it to be. And I don't know if my mind was already just predetermined to think that, but it really it was a pretty garbage movie. <laughs> it's... I, I don't really... It's... I think the best word that I can think of to describe it is like messy. It's just very messy. I feel like it's all over the place. I feel like it's very surface. I feel like the potential of what this movie could have been was definitely not met. And I know there were a lot of people like looking forward to this movie, a lot of fans of this, you know, the new mutants and all of that. And they were looking forward to it. And I can't imagine like how let down they probably were by this. Um, I, again, kind of with most comic book movies, I, I never really go in knowing what to expect with it. So I don't like, I didn't know who any of these characters were before or anything like that. But again, um, I also feel like I didn't really learn a whole lot about them after the movie either <laughs> during the movie. So it, it was very surface level. Um, I'm glad it wasn't a longer movie. I kind of don't really know if it was well paced though, because there were parts where I was like, okay, what are we doing with this? Why is this in the movie? <laughs> like, so I don't, I don't really have a lot of positive feedback on this movie. I just think it was boring and kind of a letdown, especially because there were elements in it where there was potential for it to be a lot better. And it wasn't, especially with so many actors in this that I think are really talented and they just completely were let down as well. And that was really sad. So um, my first take is it's just it's not I'm not a fan. I didn't like it. Justin, what about you? All right. So um, I'm, I'm a little bit in your camp, Heather, especially when it just comes to uh, my knowledge of these characters. I don't know too much about them. These are kind of some of those characters from the X-Men universe that I just, um, you know, every now and then they might pop in and out of a book or be guest with the X-Men and something or, you know, but I never read X-Force or the, you know, the new mutant graphic novel or any of that. So I'm not very familiar with many of these characters. I, I wasn't that sure about their origins, where they come from, anything like that from the comics. So kind of like you, I was going in blind uh, with this and just kind of, 
you know, um, just taking it for what it was. And I think what's so sad about this is that, like you said, I did see some potential for this to 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 be different, for it to kind of stand out from the typical comic book movies that we see. It seemed like there was a um, a point to try to incorporate some horror elements into this. And I mean, I don't think that in concept that was a bad idea you know you take uh, these comic book characters you put them in a tight-knit space you add horror elements but they've got their powers and it's all about them discovering you know and there's teen angst and they're trying to discover each their powers and each other and stuff like that and you've got these horrific elements to kind of guide the story on paper that sounds good right like and then you cast people that have been great in other things you cast people like charlie heaton who we know from stranger things that was just mentioned as somebody's favorite television show on here we you know macy williams from game of thrones good old Arya stark is in this you know like i mean there are people in this that you respect as actors yeah. and actresses and they and they are strong performers so on paper this sounds great but a movie really is made or broken on its execution and boy did we not execute here <laughs> we just it, it, you know i mean we were just like that you know we were just like that person that that person that you date that just doesn't want to commit right they're wishy-washy they you can't you never see why you can get a yes from them you're not really sure what direction this thing is going and eventually you're just happy when it's over you know that person just always seemed occupied with something or changing their attention and that's kind of what this movie is it 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 doesn't commit to anything. And I can't wait to get to the spoiler section to talk about that more in detail. But that's the problem. You want it to commit, but it doesn't. And then just and then it does. So ultimately, you just have things happening. And then by the time you get to the end, you're just like, OK, so what really happened? And to me, that really is this movie. So, yeah, it's just very sad that we couldn't put what I think could have been a great concept together to make a great movie. Unfortunately, we just could not with this. All right, Tamara, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with um both of you guys and what you've said so far. I didn't really know anything about the movie um, for today. <laughs> um, but just initially, like just watching it, my initial reaction, um, it's just not intriguing. It doesn't really pull anyone in as far as the dialogue. Um, the scripting was pretty bad. Um, Heather and I were talking about that earlier, and it just didn't seem very... It just didn't flow very well. It was a little predictable, um, which I do not like that. I like to be, I don't know, it's, it's boring. So <laughs> I like to be surprised and intrigued and kind of want to feel something. Um, it was just boring. And um, they, you could tell they were 
they tried, but it just didn't seem like they put in a lot of effort. It seemed like it was just put together very quickly. Um, it's just something that it's kind of a bummer. So those are my thoughts. Oh, fuck this movie. So fucking bad. That was like the, that Tam, that was like Tamara's nice way of saying that. I think. <laughs> yes. 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 Very nice. <laughs> I mean, there are actors in this movie. I don't know if they actually acted. Um, there's, you know, plot elements in this movie. I don't know if there's a plot. There is a director that's credited. I don't think he directed a fucking thing. Um, it's just bad. It's so fucking bad. It's boring as fuck. It has just, I, and I guess Jasmine was saying it like too. It's just it has a complete lack of motivation and direction at any, every given point in this movie. Like every scene is like from that point on, it could go like 50 different directions and they go, what's the safest, most boring option. And they go, well, it's this <laughs> yep. one. And then they go, we're taking that one. Yep. I mean, especially with this movie that was in development hell. This was supposed to come out three fucking years ago and it got delayed and delayed and delayed. And everybody's like, Oh, well, Disney's doing all these reshoots and Disney's ruining this and that, and this and that. And apparently, no, this is the original cut of the movie. So I'm like, we waited three years for this shit fest of a fucking movie. Like, why wouldn't you do re reshoots? I understand why Disney didn't do reshoots because Disney gave zero fucks about this movie because they didn't make it. This was technically a holdover from Fox uh, whenever Disney bought them. So it got delayed originally by the release of Dark Phoenix because they wanted it to come out after Dark Phoenix and Dark Phoenix did have a bunch of reshoots. And so they like saved this, but then the merger happened and it got delayed again. And then it got delayed again for whatever fucking reason. I don't know. Disney just went, eh, fuck it. Who cares if we release this movie now anyway? Thinking they could just release it in like March or April and just get fucking rid of it. And then COVID happened and it got delayed again. And everybody's like, oh, it's just going to go to like a streaming service like a Hulu or Disney. And I thought Hulu would have been the safest option on it. But then it comes out that they can't because there's contractual obligations with the distributor that it has to go to theaters. And either way, HBO Max had bought the rights to its first streaming anyway. So if they were to just throw it on a streaming service, it would have gotten to HBO Max anyway. So it's this gigantic, like, just fucking garbage fire of everything. And I think that it's just because this was that in movie form. Like, nobody wanted to release it because nobody fucking believed in it. And it's obvious from every aspect of the fact that, like I said, I can't even say that the actors actually acted in this movie. I know Anya Taylor-Joy isn't Russian. Well, I, I actually, I don't, I just don't think she is, but. She's not. Yeah. Okay, good. There we go. But, and she has a Russian, Russian accent, but it's just the laziest of Russian accents. And I know whatever his name is, Stranger Things McGee, he's supposed to be from fucking Kentucky. I don't know. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. I don't exactly know what somebody from Kentucky exactly sounds like, but I just don't imagine it's that. It's definitely not that. Yeah, that was weird, bro. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like somebody goes, hey, give me a southern accent. And they're like, well, let me hear one. And they go, no, no, no. You don't get to hear one. 
Just give me one. Just make it up. Yeah. And that was what they did. I mean, it's just like the weirdest, overly dr- dramatized Southern accent, but not even distinctly Southern. I mean, the weird thing is, it's like he he started out like it was fine, but then I feel like the more it went on, he just it got worse. Something like that is kind of what it felt like. Well, it worked originally because he'd say like one word at a time. But then when he had to put a sentence together, you're just like, oh, no, that is not what I want to hear. Yes. I mean, and then, yeah, you have little Arya Stark in here, and I feel bad that I'm going to call her Arya Stark because that's really all I know her has until this fucking movie. And maybe it's just because I'm so used to her being Arya Stark or I'm so used to, I don't know, something. I just I don't even know what the fuck that was from her. And then you have, what's her name, Blue Hunt as Danny Morningstar. And I guess that was a performance. I don't know. For all I know, that was just her running around actually thinking she's conjuring a demon bear. I don't know. The demon bear was the uh, the highlight of the movie. Oh, we'll get into it was... that. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have brought it up. I know this is spoiler free. Yeah, I technically just ruined the fucking ends. I don't give a shit. And I don't really think anybody listening honestly gives a fuck that I just spoiled the end of this movie because I don't think anybody that's listening to this actually plans on listen like watching the movie. This is easily one of those ones where you just don't need to watch the movie. Just listen to this and you're fine. Your life will probably be better for it. My life is worse because I saw this fucking movie. Let me save you that trouble. Let me save you an hour and a half of your life and just listen to me talk about this movie and then move on with your life and just tell people you saw it and then just say some of the things I said. And they'll be like, yeah, that's totally true. And they wouldn't have seen it either. Nobody's going to actually know if you're lying or not, because no one else. I think we are the only four people that actually watched this movie ever. I don't think the director did. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think the editors did. I don't think anybody I don't think anybody else that's reviewed this movie actually watched the whole movie. I think they watch like the first five minutes and they go, I know everything that this movie is and walk the fuck out. And they're not wrong. I just like to have journalistic integrity and I watched it and I'm not gonna lie. I slightly hate myself because I do fucking own this movie and it it really kind of sucks because now I actually have to go buy X-Men Dark Phoenix. I was doing so good at not buying Dark Phoenix because I'm like, you know what? I thought I, you bought that already. I don't think I did. Don't make me go buy it now if I don't I own hate. it. And I'm just I would never tell you to do that. <laughs> I'm just saying like. <laughs> I t- if anybody's listened to this podcast before, I like owning everything, even if I don't like the movies. I'm kind of a completionist when it comes to watching a series and or owning the series too. the fact that I owned like any X-Men movies mean I had to keep buying them. And that's a very much a like diminishing return because they started getting really bad and they started bad, too. That's neither here nor there. But I was doing really good at not buying Dark Phoenix. And now Heather's making me question whether or not I did. I might own it. Who knows? But I was like, now that I bought this, if I don't own Dark Phoenix, I have to because it's the one before this. I can't have the last one and not the second to last one. That would be insanity. (sighs) Yes, that that would be insanity. That would be who does that? Who would own the last one, but the not the second to last one? A psychopath. Someone someone without OCD. Yes. Someone you should never trust also. Because where's their integrity and or dedication? 
Man, now I'm going to be looking this up while you guys go. Uh, we'll start with you, Tamara. What's your recommendation and score for this movie? Um, I would I would not recommend watching it. Maybe put it on in the background if you're like vacuuming or something. But um, <laughs> no, I mean it's it's just one of those things where it's like I I try to see like the beauty and everything, and I try to give I'm like the benefit of the doubt type person, so it's really hard for me to say something like this. But don't waste your time. And do you have like a score that you would give it on a scale of one to a hundred? Ooh, one one to a hundred, huh? Um, sorry, it's about a one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or like I, hey. what I said earlier, it's a, a three thumbs down out of two, or something like that. <laughs> See, Stilling, she can get on your level. Oh no, she can't. Um, Heather, what about you? Uh, no, I don't recommend it. I just, it, and it's really just gonna, it's, it's almost like never meet your heroes or something because like, there's so many people in this that I'm like questioning why I I enjoyed them in their acting when I've seen this movie now. I'm like, I'm, I'm questioning my whole life now. It's very sad because I love Maisie Williams, Arya Stark, you know, and I love, I've, I'm a pretty big fan of Anya Taylor-Joy as well. And I'm just like, we're going to get into it. But yeah, it's just, um, there's nothing in it that is unique. There's nothing in it that's like amazing. There's no crazy twist. There's no like superb acting or action or effects or anything. There is just, it's so lacking in every way. So definitely not recommending it. I'm going to give it... Um, Oh boy. Um, I'm going to give it 10 puppet dragons turning into magical dragons out of 100. Oh, don't even get me started on Lockheed in this fucking movie. God fucking fuck. <laughs> Justin, go. Lockheed. Okay. I was I almost called him Iago, but that's the parrot from Aladdin. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it should have been him. It, that would have been. Oh, it would have made infinitely um, more sense than their fucking version of Lockheed. Because <laughs> he would have been like, hell no, when that bear showed up. But anyway, uh, I mean, my God, who would I recommend this to? Man, I can't think of anybody that needs to see this. I mean, especially like if you saw Dark Phoenix. I mean, this is kind of right there with that. It's just it's bland. It's it's just. Oh, it's disappointing. It's not great. As Tamara said earlier, she said that I, I wasn't surprised by anything. And I think that's really just one of the best ways to sum this up. Nothing happens beyond what 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 you see is pretty much what you get. The moment it introduces the characters, you know who they are. This is the asshole. This is the bitch. This is the nice person. This is the, you know, it's kind of like, it really is that movie. And then, and then the arcs that are supposed to play out or things that are supposed to happen or things that are supposed to surprise you just don't really happen. And then we got our big monster fight in the finale. Like, oh, so many of these movies. And uh, we've talked in detail about how we're just kind of tired of seeing that same kind of finish to these things. But that's what this has to offer. So, I mean, unless you are like Sterling and you just have to complete 
this collection or something like that, maybe I could see you picking this up or finishing it just so you can say, oh, yeah, I've seen all the Fox X-Men stuff or or I'm a watcher of all the Marvel movies, so I gotta get this one. Maybe that person watches this, but for people looking for a good movie, nah, man, just stay stay far away from this. There's plenty of other stuff you can stream, plenty of other stuff that you can watch that is of much better quality than this. Um, as far as a score, I mean, they, they were teenagers, right? So, I don't know, we'll go 18 dead, burned ex-girlfriends trying to take you for a swim out of 100. Every single one of you gave this too high of a score. Just way too high. Sorry. Sorry, Sterling. Even a one is too high. Yeah, Tamara was closest probably then. She gave it a number. (laughs) Because this, if there is ever a movie that deserves a patented Sterling score, it's this one. And editor's note here, I didn't know X-Men Dark Phoenix. And yes, I bought it because I have... Nothing but self-hate that just fills me up. But this movie here is the definition of a Sterling fuck you no out of a hundred. Like, that's what this score was made for, was this movie. I didn't know it. I applied it to other movies. I just didn't know that this movie is what that score was meant for. And it finally found its purpose and its destiny with this movie so yes i give it a fuck you no oh yeah my recommendations also fuck you no god i hated this movie anyway spoilers yeah yeah yep i'm a little drunk right now guys i'm sorry i have drank so much whiskey and i've I've run out of stuff to mix it with so i'm now drinking it straight out of the bottle because fuck my liver also (laughs) oh boy i can't feel my lips it's great um yeah, so, I mean, uh, where to begin? Um, let's start with the beginning of the movie. When it's like my dad says that there's like everybody has two bears fighting, which I thought was going to be at least a haha, fuck you, there's bears in this movie type of situation that I was going to rub Jastin's fucking smug little face in it. But then I got to see what the bears were in this movie. And I have to know in my heart of hearts that Justin, this is a win for the albatrosses that bears were mentioned in this fuck show of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, we'll get into that more later, people. At some point, there's just a big debate between me and Justin about what's better, albatross or a bear. Anyway, um, I mean, how long have we been doing that, Justin? Like 15 years now? Something like that? Yeah. 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 yeah very long time. Anyway, um, so they start with that and then... <laughs> You have just this reservation getting destroyed by a demon bear that you don't see. And then it, it then it goes like directly into like the main setting of this movie, which is this this facility, this hospital, this I don't know, just base level creep fucking thing. And it starts with Danny Morningstar or yeah, Morningstar. I don't remember her name in this. It's Danny. Anyway, she's like Moonstar. Moonstar. That's right. I knew I was wrong. Anyway. Uh, she's like, you know, strapped down to this bed and then she's like, oh, let me pull the bed over to this window. And this is where I knew things were going to be very bad in this movie is they went, this is a medical place that does experiments. That means we just need to have random microscopes 
sitting on tables. Because science. And I saw that fucking microscope sitting on that fucking table and I was like, oh shit, that's not a good sign. And I was right. Because this movie, like Justin and Tamara and everybody has like said, it's it's got these weird stereotypes to it. They are very much following like that 80s and 90s like teen comedy drama like formula with a lot of this stuff. Even the horror movies, just like you have to have the jock guy, the poor guy, the misunderstood person, the bitch, the this, the that. And you have these weird character stereotypes in this. And also, how weird is it that the Russian was very specific with distinctly American racism? Like she knew a yeah, I didn't think about lot that. about Native American slurs. I mean, yeah, Pocahontas, that's yeah. the easy one. But like Standing Rock? Like, yeah, that's, that's true. A Why would deep she yeah. cut slur? And how the fuck did this Russian know it? And also, why? Why was the Russian weirdly racist? It just yeah. made no sense. Like, of all the fucking things to do in this movie, just a weird, only to indigenous American peoples, is this Russian racist? It's so specific. Like, what happened to her? I know what That's happened true. to her in the comics, but apparently I don't know what the fuck happened to her in this. Which Yeah, I wasn't sure. Did you did you read the comics of this? I was going to ask I, that. I vaguely know enough about the New Mutants. Uh, this is not the original lineup of the New Mutants. They did sw do a swap. Um, Magic, uh, Ileana Rasputin's character, uh, is not in the original lineup of the New Mutants. The rest of them are. Uh, they swapped her with another girl uh, whose name was Karma. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, but just was there ever any doubt that Danny was the one causing all the problems? Like ever? Nope. No. Not at all. It's just like at no point in this movie did you think like they didn't even try to misdirect. I mean, they might have. They might have wanted to make you think the doctor was doing it. But then they also ruined it very early on in the movie of what the doctor's powers were anyway. When she threw up the fucking force field thing. Like, was that supposed to be a weird thing where how did none of the other fucking mutants that were sitting there go? Oh, man, this doctor does many force fields just like this big one. Man, I wonder if that's her power. No. How did they not guess that ever? <laughs> it was just like a weird revelation at the end of the movie. They were like, oh, my God, this big force field that looks exactly like the mini force field she's been using against us. Because I also guarantee that wasn't the first time she used one of those mini force fields. Like, just dumb. Like, I, I want to say more, but I'm just like, no, it's dumb. Like, that's it. That's all it is. And like... Oh, and the, and I, I feel so terrible for you guys, too, because you don't really know much about the new mutants. You don't know much about Ileana Rasputin, which also in this universe, that makes her the little sister in, in also in the comics. But in general, this is a part of the greater X-Men universe that had already existed in the other movies. This means she is 100 percent Colossus's daughter or um, sister, not daughter, sister. So why is like Colossus in the Deadpool movies? like a great stand-up guy, but his little sister is just super racist. Exactly. And, like, I felt bad for you guys because I don't know if you guys knew that. So, like, there's nope, that weird issue. Not. And her powers. I bet her powers made no sense to you guys. No, not at all. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's because that's, like, decades worth of comics of her powers that have changed. 
Her actual powers as mutants go are the teleportation discs she does where she creates the portals and goes through them. That's her power. Oh, so there's two versions of it. There's the one originally where technically what they're called stepping discs where she has to go into limbo and then she leaves limbo to go out the other side. And so anytime she opened up a portal and you saw that lava world, that was limbo. Okay. And then you get to see her also have the soul sword. Which, I mean, I guess that's cool when her arm gets all armified and she has the the sword. That looks kind of cool. You might think that that might yeah. be a power because, like I said, she's Colossus's little sister. Maybe that's her version of it. No, no, no. That's also where her mutant nickname comes from, magic. That's a magic thing. Like, that's not mutant powers. That's magic. That's something she developed whilst being kidnapped and living in limbo for like a decade. She developed magical powers there. So that's also... Why at times she would say like what looked like a spell before she would use her discs because some of her powers are based on magic and going it like, you know, like I said, decades of comics and all this other stuff, you kind of it kind of makes sense if you've read them all and you know the stories and all this other stuff. It makes sense when you see her now in the comics and she's doing the same things. You understand it because like I said, there's so many issues that explain it and things you can see it all this other shit. But then when you go into a movie and you just have her have all of that shit, including Lockheed the dragon, which is, yes, an alien dragon thing, um, more mostly associated with Kitty Pride in the comics, but is also tied to Liana. But like you have all that shit that makes sense if you're an avid comic reader, especially the X-Men. How the fuck are you supposed to even glean one fifteenth of that? watching this fucking movie yeah i totally agree with that because i there's no way i would have known any of that because yeah i don't read the comics so it's it's not built for people that i guess haven't read it because i was lost on a lot of it so and i mean you don't really need to know all that i don't suppose it's not like this movie's that fucking deep but like whenever she opens these portals and you see that hellscape that's inside the portals it would kind of you would hope there would be something to make you understand what the fuck that is to even know that that is limbo. You know what I mean? Just to even know that it is something else would help. It just makes no sense. And then like the other characters, I guess, were fine for what they were with Cannonball and Sunspot and uh, oh, fuck. What Wolfsbane? I guess they make sense ish. They're uh, fairly comic accurate, I suppose. But it's just it's dumb. Like those smiley things, which were supposed to be. Also, did you guys know that that was Marilyn Manson, the smiley face guy? I literally was just looking that up on IMDb to figure out who that that's was. Cool. Yeah, that's Marilyn Manson. Um, but like that's supposed to be like a a weird thing to kind of explain some of her power stuff, like why she's afraid of that. Because what happens to her as a small child, she gets kidnapped and, like I said, taken to limbo where she's like aged up for 10 years, like growing up in that universe and stuff. And so like, that's supposed to be implying that this version of magic has been to limbo for, like I said, a decade and shit and like all this other stuff and learned all these powers and spells and all this other stuff. But it's just weird in the context of this movie. Cause you get no frame of reference. And especially with them end up being eyeless, big smile fucker things. Like it would have made sense because also at one point in her history, she was also just kidnapped by the Russian government. So like you could have just had it been that like she's just scared of getting kidnapped by 
just miscellaneous Russian figures or something. And it would have made infinitely more sense in general than just having them be the smiley face creatures that tie into something deeper that you don't even bother explaining a shred of. And I'm going to say one last thing, I guess. The biggest problem with this movie, ultimately, is it did not follow the very traditional original formula for Marvel that I think would have benefited this greatly, which was the original Marvel movies. Well, a lot of phase one and two, when they would do certain types of movies, when you would do something like a Captain America uh, Winter Soldier or you would do a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you would pick a genre of movie which like in Captain America Winter Soldier, it was very much a Cold War uh, espionage movie. And you would pick that genre and then you would build, you would make a good version of that and just kind of fill it with superhero elements to fit your characters. And that's what they should have done in this, where you actually write a good horror movie and then tweak it to add the mutant elements from the X-Men into it. And that's not what they did in this movie. They just tried to write an X-Men movie and throw some horror elements into it. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, it ends up being neither. It's not a good X-Men movie and it's not a good horror movie. It never dedicated itself enough to either one to actually succeed at any given point. Because like I said, at no point were you ever actually not thinking it was Danny doing all that shit. And also in doing so, it just kindly kind of like weakly ripped off Nightmare on Elm Street and it. Like, ooh, what are you afraid of? I'm going to show it to you. And that's it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like at one point, they do up the stakes that these illusions and these hallucinations could hurt you. But like also with the fact that these were like superpowered beings, the way these things could hurt you didn't really ever feel like they were really in danger. And until you get to the demon bear. And then at that point, you just don't even care anyway. You're like, oh, no, they're fighting a demon bear. Who gives a fuck? And then this movie ends. And this should have been if they were really dedicated to making this a good movie, they should have done a fucking thanks killing on it and just done an hour. And maybe, maybe it would have worked. Oh, no, somebody else go now. I don't care. I'm defeated. Go ahead, Jason. Okay. well, uh, yeah, a lot of things that you said about it definitely rang true, especially just it not being willing to commit to anything. So therefore it is a master of nothing. So nothing is done well, but man, you talked about that opening quote where she was like, you know, my dad used to tell me the story about two bears and one of them was, you know, for all these good things of perseverance and, you know, self-sacrifice and all these things. And then she turns around and she goes, and this like, perplexed me for like five minutes she turns around and she goes then the other bear is about all of these things that are evil things and then the things she names off are fear shame and self-destruction and i was like are those inherently evil things like yes right was like wait a second like i paused it and i went wait a second you can have fear and it not be from an evil place Think you about can have nobody shame had fucking shame like dear god our world would have ended by now if nobody had shame <laughs> yeah like that's what something know, this movie needed it needed some fucking shame exactly like but 
that already pissed me off. I was like, it was kind of like ooh, when we talked about Catwoman and how she was like, it all started when I died, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm at work. And, and we were like, you know what? It screwed up the moment it started. So did this. Because, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding with you. I paused it. That extra 20 minutes where you were like, somebody still has 20 minutes left. You know why I had 20 minutes left? Because for 20 minutes, I was sitting there going, no movie, you could have fear and shame. <laughs> and what? And having a want, ph- and, philosophical crisis <laughs> during this yeah, movie. And want to hurt yourself sometimes. And that doesn't mean you are evil. Like, what the hell is that? But anyway, okay, so we all in agreement there. They screwed up there. Well, anyway. Yeah, they butchered it. Yeah, big time. Like, you couldn't pick one evil concept. I mean, none of those concepts are inherently evil. You couldn't just pick a concept that is evil. I like how killing you people can... doesn't put you on the evil list. Exactly. <laughs> Murder. But fear fear does. Shame do. Yeah. I'm afraid not but... to kill people. <laughs> like, come on, movie. Like, And like you said, it's just stuff like that where you just feel like, okay, are they even trying? Like, that's the kind of stuff where you go, were they even really trying? And then just the character development. I mean, you you talked a lot just about details and um, all of these things. And I think that that is the biggest problem with this movie. We see scenes with these characters. They spend almost an hour with these characters interacting with each other. And sometimes they're being mean to each other. Sometimes they're bonding and kind of connecting on a point that they're both talking about. Sometimes they're laying out in a graveyard and kissing. But none of this seemed like it was moving. Like I never felt like we were moving. It just felt like I was looking at scenes and I was like, okay, I, I get that. Okay, these two, they like each other. These two, they're, they're kind of connecting. But the problem is, is that we didn't understand why, because you weren't giving us anything beyond that. It, w- it was too busy trying to be mysterious and not give you anything that when these characters have these emotional moments, and I mean, these actors and actresses are trying and even though they are trying to give performances (laughs) yeah and even though they're like trying to give these performances the the script didn't give us any events to really put those together and say okay i understand why she's this way like magic you know she's like you said she starts off she's racist and she's being a bitch well why and you know, you don't get that. You don't really understand more about her until it's kind of too late. Like she does all this stuff. She's mean. She's racist and all this other stuff. So towards the end, when she has this moment with the cool sword and yeah, the opening up the portals and going into this limbo world, like that was a pretty like cool moment for the character but it meant nothing because you didn't get me to care about that character beforehand and that's really how this felt and then just the villain if you even want to call (laughs) the the doctor that if you even want to call her that there was no sharp turn for this person it wasn't like 
like if she was leading on to be this nice person who meant well and then all of a sudden it was like really i just want to kill you you know usually with your villain there has to be some sort of they have to kick it up a notch a notch right with the evil but i guess the script was already not knowing really what evil was so maybe that was the issue (laughs) but uh You know, she never to me took that turn where it was like, okay, she is not a good person. She always seemed like she didn't even when at the end, like towards the end when it was like, okay, I've got to kill you, daddy. It didn't seem like she didn't seem to. It didn't seem like she really wanted to do that. It felt like she was just following an order. She was a prisoner of the moment. And she was like, well, look, they don't think you can be able to control this. So I have to do this. You know, this is better. I'm doing the right thing here. But, you know, I don't know. I, so she didn't really feel like a villain. And then by the time the bear comes, and like you said, you see it coming a mile away that this is all... That, that that this is all Danny's doing and everything like that. So the bear that did as as you know, it, yeah, it was a lot of interesting CGI and there was a lot of flashy effects and stuff like that. But the bear didn't feel like the main villain either. So you, you it just didn't feel like you really had a villain. You, you know. The, the the bear was an extension of her that she had to get control of. And we all knew what was going to happen there. So, I mean, there were just none of those elements that I feel like a story like this really needs in order for it to be effective. And then, you know, we're in this big hospital. You've got these dangerous mutants with these just world bending, just spellbounding abilities and stuff like that. And we've got one woman with barrier powers, no staff, just taking care of all of this. Like, it, I was it, it thinking was that just, too. I was like, nobody else <laughs> is here except for this one doctor lady? Yeah, just her. No staff, nothing like that. And then the periodic check-ins that she was doing with the Essex Cup uh, company were like emails. They were like emails and messages back and forth. What are you just texting back and forth? What are you doing? I don't know. We're over here chilling, just being an evil corporation. What are you doing? Nothing. They're, I'm just sitting here <laughs> babysitting these teenage mutants. Okay, well, just keep doing that. And we'll, uh, I don't know, calculate something and tell you who to keep alive and who to kill. Like, it was so vague. It was so just, just because you throw a name out there that we're, that fans are familiar with, oh, the SX Corporation. Great. But if that's all you're going to do is, dro- is name drop, but you're not going to give us anything else to go on. So none of the motives of these quote-unquote villains make sense. Or even just like when they were like, okay, magic. Magic can open up portals to limbo. The reason why she's even there in the first place is because she killed a ton of people and she generally, and they said in her file that she generally has a disdain for people and she's the perfect killing machine. That sounds pretty dangerous to me, but Danny 
this person who you know it, you know that that seems shy and timid hasn't really grasped how to control their her powers yet or whatever like that I, I would think that an evil corporation would see the potential in Danny and go man if we can get her to control her stuff she could be even more useful than someone like Magic. So I didn't understand the motives of this company. Why did they think oh, Danny was, was was incapable of control, but Magic, it was okay to keep her alive, though she has all these killing tendencies. Like, And there was never anything to make you understand why this company wanted one dead and wanted to keep the other alive. I never knew. I never understood. And the movie well, didn't care to explain that to me. The movie doesn't explain it, but there is sadly a comic book reason behind it. So with the Essex Corporation, that being an allusion towards Mr. Sinister, the, uh, also known as Nathan Essex, his big thing would be to collect the DNA. And so it's the idea is that's why they're like, oh, get samples, but then kill her because she might not be able to control her powers, which would mean that they she could kill them accidentally with some of that stuff. But you would want um but you'd want her dna because you might be able to modify a different mutant that might be able to control that same power with her genetic code so it's one of those things though that it goes back to if you don't read the comics that is a big like step to not know for this movie yeah which is a reason yeah. why it and, sucks okay okay cool and it's good to have I'm glad that you've read the comics or at least that aspect of them to give that explanation, because that makes a lot more sense. But like you said, the movie just it couldn't explain. It couldn't be bothered to explain any of these things. So you just feel like, well, magic seems pretty dangerous, too. Why are we keeping her alive? You know, you just couldn't make any sense of it. And if we had known more about that. Maybe we could have, but we didn't. So, so yeah, you're totally right in that regard. And that's really the problem with this. And then, like, the horror elements. Yeah, there was some horrific imagery. And, yeah, they were doing some jump scare stuff here and there. And they had some horrific-looking creatures and stuff like that. But like we've all said, it just wasn't committing to any of that. It didn't want to fully commit to the horror element, probably because they were too scared. It wouldn't feel enough like X-Men. But I totally agree, Sterling. If they had committed to more of those horror elements then maybe we could have seen the ex-girlfriend get torched or whatever, get torched up. We could have saw that trauma and maybe felt more for that character. We could have went back in time and saw some of what Magic did and stuff like that. I think if it was fully committed to some of the ideas presented, we could have seen more of that stuff rather than the script telling us and you know we always say show me don't tell me but some of these elements we needed to see them and not just be told them but this movie is just a bunch of tell 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 and then by the by the end when it's interested in showing you don't care and that's pretty much my spoiler thoughts in a nutshell Tamara what about you um Jasper kind of laid the foundation for what I was thinking about um, 
the, the battle between the two bears or whatever was kind of plagiarized off of the story of like the two wolves that everyone knows about where it's like, yeah, yeah. I just didn't, I'm like, you couldn't have come up with anything more original. You had to use something <laughs> like that instead of wolves. It's two bears like, and butcher it completely. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything that has been said so far. Um, you guys are a little bit better at elaborating than I am. Um, I just don't think that this movie is even <laughs> worth a lot of like words on my part. It's just not, um, it's just not something that I, you know, would recommend to anybody. But as far as like something that I just noticed, like right at the end is just like, really? You guys are going to use that? Um, as opposed to something else that you could have come up with. Um, yeah. And I don't have the background of, you know, like what Sterling was talking about with like the comics and stuff like that. I don't know a lot of the history behind all the characters. Um, so I kind of agree with him as far as um, like what you pointed out with all of that. Um, it kind of makes a little bit more sense now. Um, yeah. That's my little point of view. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks. Cause it's like, you really don't, you like, especially for like Tamara and I were both kind of like, do you know anything about these comics? Like we were watching the movie. We we're like, I have no, I don't know any of these characters. And you're right. Like if you don't know any of the background of it, like you're just, you're kind of lost. You're either like guessing at what something means or you're guessing at how a character is or you know, that's kind of all you really can do because it's like, okay, well you're not giving me anything to go off of. I don't know. So I no, I get, I get what you mean with that. I mean, yeah, and that's one of the real sad things about this movie is that somebody like, you know, you and Heather and, and Justin to a degree that aren't completely familiar with the comics or anything like that, you're even more lost than I was. Well, I shouldn't say lost. It's not like any of it mattered. I doubt anybody was legitimately going, like, confused. You might be perplexed because of what the fuck you're seeing, and you're like, why would they show that? You know, it's not like it's an intricate plot line that you're like, wait, I got lost because I didn't know the comics. It's just you don't understand some of the elements. And the fact that I do, like, I, I still felt bad because I'm like, I know this shit and it sucks balls. Not knowing this shit, it's got to really fucking suck. <laughs> like, who does that? I mean, you it has to be like a grade material to where you could do something like that, it, or at least it has to be one shot material. You can't do something that's so steeped heavily in comic lore with something that's like decades old and only give the most menial of ex like explanations. It works in something like a Sin City or uh, a Watchmen because those are one shot stories. They don't really expand like I know they've expanded on the lore with Watchmen a little bit. But outside of that, if you're just telling the story of Watchmen, you're just telling a one shot story. So it works. You don't necessarily need the lore behind it because there really isn't any. You're getting everything in one shot, you know, just like Sin City. You're getting what's on the page and it's just like a seven issue thing. So it's a one shot story. You're just getting that story. This, it doesn't work because it's like going, hey, guys, here's a decade's worth of comics to do some fucking homework on. Hope you remember this shit. And I mean, I say a decade, too. I mean, this shit was in the 80s. If I remember like 1982 or something like that, it was the 80s when the New Mutants came out. 
you know. So, I mean, that's 30-something years ago, technically, of lore to go through with this shit. I mean, and they didn't even do a good job of explaining it. Like, do you know specifically what happened with Cannonball that was so traumatic? I mean, I think he accidentally burned up his girlfriend, right? No, no, that was Sunspot. Cannonball was the Stranger Things guy. Oh, my bad. No, no idea. He said something like, I I killed my father and then... uh, Sunscreen cut him off. Or what's his name? He cut him off after he said he killed his father. Yes. That is great. <laughs> Sunscreen. Sorry. Um, I'm bad with names sometimes. Yeah. So his whole thing was since he was down in the mines and his powers went off, and since he's cannonball, he kind of exploded a little bit when he shot away and he collapsed the mine on people, and his father being one of them. Okay, yeah, it kind of makes uh, sense. Like, it's inferred a lot, but it's not... Yeah, but they don't even yeah. fucking say it. That's the sad thing. Right. They don't even... When they do his flashback, all it is is his dad going, oh, I'm mad at you, son, and then all these miners attack him. Like, that's his fear, is a bunch of miners attacking him, apparently, which makes no <laughs> sense compared to what happened. Like, with Sunspots, you get the idea. He burned his girlfriend, so he's seeing burned girlfriend, you know? Uh, with uh, Wolfsbane, you know, you're seeing uh, the the reverend that attacked her, you know, and that she killed. She did kill him. So you're seeing that, you know, you're seeing these aspects of it. You're seeing, you know, Ileana get kidnapped as a child. Uh, you know, you're, so you're seeing those elements of stuff. But then, like, with cannonballs, you kind of get it, but they don't even actually just show it. They just be like, Ugh, the miners attack you. And that's it. I think even even more to your point, too, uh, with the whole like, it's just inferred. Even their like superhero names. They don't even really say them in the movie. That, I think that's why I confused who you were talking about, because like you just know they're like normal names. They don't say, you you're, know, they don't say like, oh, I'm so and so, you know, you're absolutely right, because they did that with the whole like, oh, he shoots. He goes zero to 100 like a cannonball. When Maisie right. Williams is describing it's his all powers, inferred, yeah. yeah, and I get that. Like, I, I and yes, and that's the, that's a prime example. of This movie is I more or less said the things that this movie's kind of showing, but outside of you knowing who Cannonball is, you're not going to get it because of the one-off reference that was said in the middle of a bunch of shit you don't care about. Yeah. No, no, that completely makes sense. And once again, problem with this movie. The problem is it shouldn't have been a movie. It should have been a series because of all the details that that I now know from listening to you guys is it should. There's so much you have to pack into an hour and a half that it just doesn't make sense for anybody. Like it doesn't explain anything. It doesn't it. The time doesn't allow for that. Yeah. Um, they Of course, they could have done way better with the movie, but they should have made it into a series. I think that would have been a little bit better. Um, and I was kind of talking to Heather a little bit earlier. I was like, it had vibes of like a, a few movies that like other movies like like Harry Potter and the Hunger Games with the barrier in the sky and like Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And it, it tried to be too much for it really needed to be to pull back and be a little bit more simple. Um, and stick to one theme, but then draw it out where it's a series instead of a movie. That's what I think. Well, it, it yeah, because if you're not having well-established characters, like you could do a movie like this with the original X-Men because 
even if you don't really read the X-Men comics, people have been exposed to enough with the original X-Men that you would be able to follow along. People know the main hitters, you know, uh, and the reason why it worked in something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a complete unknown to most of the mainstream public, is you you gave simplified backstories to where you could explain what these characters were in a very short amount of time. And then you let just the chemistry of the characters take over. You know, you have Drax. What do you need to know about Drax? Thanos killed his family. Bam. His backstory taken care of. What do you need to know about Rocket? He was experimented on. Cool. Done. Like you, you get these short backstories that give you everything you need to know for this movie. And then you let chemistry take over. They wanted to do that in this. Give you yeah. these short little backstories that are infinitely more complicated than they're actually giving you. They're just giving you like a streamlined version of it, but still expecting you to know all of it. But then they don't have chemistry that takes over. Like all these people are like, man, we need to get out of here to save Danny. I don't know why any of those motherfuckers wanted to save Danny at all. Right. <laughs> exactly. If I was any of those characters outside of Maisley Williams who had a crush on her, I'd have been like, nah, let the bitch die. The nightmares will stop. Like, <laughs> And they were just so understanding. They're like, no, it's okay that, you know, the bear came and almost ate us all because you saved us from it. It's cool. Like they were totally not phased by it at all. Or like, yeah, all these smiley face demons are trying to kill us right now. That's cool. We need to save her. And I, I love how like all that it took too for the like the demon bear to go away was for her to be like, no, no, we're not doing this now. She's screaming <laughs> like, like calm, it was my like, calm down. That just got in the garbage. <laughs> exactly. Like no, that's a bad demon bear. No. Yeah. Bad bear. No. It was so anticlimactic. <laughs> it was like okay, all this trouble, and then you just like stop. We're cool. And he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go away now. That was it. It makes like, no sense. Oh, like if you're going to have the power to control a demon bear, she should have made it her pet. Then it should have shrank down to a small demon bear that walked next to her. That would have been kind of cool. But no, it just disappears. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would have been cool. Instead, it just disappears and turns into a vapor. Oh, Heather, you've kind of gone, but we haven't officially given you your turn. So go ahead and say some stuff. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's just funny because like everything that's being said, I'm like, this is exactly the problem with the movie. I mean, it's it is it's just one of those where they they don't really build up to any any point in the story. Like it's like, you know, you go from what's her name magic you know she's like oh i hate everybody but you know what now i'm gonna help save them or even when she's like afraid of all of these little like smiley face people coming at her and the the one guy's like hey you got to do something she's like no i can't and she's so scared and then he's like but do something and then she's just like oh okay cool i will like <laughs> there's like no build up to any like real moment in the movie that makes you care about it and even again like with the characters there's no development. Like, I feel like I still don't really know, like we were saying, who these characters are. Minus Magic, I think she had moments more where you kind of figure out what her deal is or stuff like that, but not really. You know, it's just enough to know, like, why she gets so afraid. And that's that's kind of the only thing you really find out about her. And, I mean, it's just, 
and, and you're right, there was not really any chemistry. Even between the people that were supposed to be like into each other, there's not really a lot of chemistry there. And everybody's like guns blazing, like let's protect Danny when we don't even know her. And like, I don't know, it was just very, it was all over the map. And I think, I think that is a good point about it. Like if it was a series, you would have been able to take these elements and like explore on them more, expand it and all of that. But it just, it was a short movie, which is fine because it wasn't good enough to want for me to want it to be longer. But because it's so short, they, they don't focus on the things that are going to make you care about this movie, you know? And it was just very, I don't know, like it, Nothing in it was like keeping me on the edge of my seat. Nothing in it was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder what this person's going to do. Like, you just, you don't care <laughs> about anybody in this movie. And I think, I mean, I guess um, uh, Danny, um, I'm forgetting her name, but she was, I mean, kind of like what you said, like, I haven't really seen her or anything. Maybe she was just not really acting and being herself in a movie. <laughs> Who knows? But Blue Hunt, that's her name. Um, but she she was okay for the most part. Um, and then Charlie Heaton was, minus his really terrible Kentucky accent, <laughs> he was probably the most believable as like an actual person that you would actually know or might be like a legitimate human being. <laughs> like nobody else really... like. Anya Taylor-Joy, I'm very disappointed in her, the one who played Magic, because I think she is fantastic in the movie Split. I think she's fantastic in The Witch. Um, I haven't seen the movie Emma, but I've heard she's really great in that. And in um, Queen's Gambit on Netflix, you know, she's in all of these things and she's very good. And I'm just like, she's so uneven in this movie. Like, there are small moments... And it's the moments when she's not trying to be the mean girl. There are those small moments when you're like, you know, she she does a good job in what she's saying and how she's carrying the character. But then when she's trying to be the mean girl, I just don't buy it. Like, it felt very forced. Everything she said, everything she did just felt very forced. And it almost feels like she's kind of like trying to channel um, Angelina Jolie from Girl Interrupted. <laughs> like, just real chaotic for no reason. But just not doing it in a good way. It was just, she was all over the place. And I'm very sad about that because I really, if there was anyone in this movie I was looking forward to seeing, it was going to be her. Um, And Maisie Williams was fine. But again, like, you don't really explore her character too much in this. Like, they just, everything feels very forced with how they tell you these things about the characters. And everything felt forced with how the characters like said their lines, you don't really feel like they were in character. You don't believe that these are actual like people. You're just like, these are actors reading lines. You know, you don't feel like they got into their character. They don't make you feel like they are that character. And that was the biggest problem with this movie. And it was just really disappointing on that front because they have so much talent in this movie with these people. And Charlie Heaton even, I mean, He's, I mean, he's not like my favorite character in Stranger Things, but he does a good job in the show. So, I mean, everybody is just, they're talented and they just really made me question like, what, (laughs) what are you people doing? But, and it's the writing and it's the script and it's the story is what's terrible about it. 
But I mean, even to the point where talented people like these don't really bring it to life in the way that it should be. And again, it's that loss of potential that makes it disappointing for the most part. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, the part with the demon bear, I was like, okay, what's going on here? (laughs) And then like, yeah, it's just such a letdown of an ending of just like, let's wake up Danny. We need Danny to wake up. All right. She's up. She could tell the bear to go away. All right. The end. Cool. All right. Thanks everyone for your help. Sorry that I destroyed all your lives by bringing your fears to life. Like, (laughs) That was it. There was nothing. And kind of yeah. like what Jason said where, yeah, where there's not really a real like villain or if there is an antagonist, there's no motive really that's being shown or one to where you believe, yeah, I get why they're a villain. You know, you don't get any of that from this. And it's, it's just one of those, they, they just expect you to kind of know what they mean, but this don't explain anything. So that's, that's where I land with it. I just, it was just a, such a loss of potential with this movie for the most part. Yeah. And like you said about that ending, like that, that ending though, where they just are like, okay, the doctor's dead and we can get out now. And they're just walking out. You mean to tell me, I mean, I didn't even get like, you know, back at the SX corporation compound and there's somebody looking on the screen, like, yeah, we're coming after you or, you know, make sure we follow them or nothing. I mean, they were just walking out of this place. There were no reinforcements. There were all these cameras. The the movie made a point to show us all these cameras and all these surveillance videos. Nobody saw this. There was nobody coming to help the doctor. There wasn't a contingency plan in place because I don't know, you got one person looking after all of these potentially dangerous people. Like, I know she could create barriers, but no contingency plan, nothing. No sense of that, that there would be something that would challenge them later or something like that. And that's why, like uh, Tamara was saying earlier, that's why it felt so much like a pilot, because there was just not enough here. It felt like an introduction to a show. That's what it felt like, because you were not given enough at all for it to feel like anything complete. So you just felt like more was coming, like, okay, in episode two, we'll find out where everybody goes. That's how I felt. That's exactly how it felt, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I I don't, I, and I think I actually might, if it, if it were a show, I, I honestly might watch it or at least check it out to see if they were able to develop some of these stories better, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. they, I don't know. It's. I, I I just don't really I, I wasn't even looking forward to this movie when I knew it was coming out because like we were saying too, Dark Phoenix was such a letdown of a movie that I didn't have much hope that it was gonna be better after that. Well, to follow that up, with a lot of this stuff, like there is also other things they left out that would have made more sense. Like the character of Dr. Reyes. In the comics, there is a character Reyes that does have the ability to create these force fields and stuff like that. And she's not a villain. So I think that goes into what you guys were saying of, well, she didn't feel like a villain because that character is not. And they just kind of adapted it loosely to be a villain. 
where you had other things they could have done that were inherent to what they were doing in this movie that would have made more comic book sense and movie sense in this. They should have had that the main villain be Dr. Essex and it could have been Mr. Sinister and they could have killed him and all this other stuff and he could yeah. have come back to life because that's what the character of Mr. Sinister would do and it would be a lot more simple because it would make more sense because he's an actual villain. You know, the character is inherently a villain. So doing experiments on mutants and stuff like that and genetic manipulation and all this other stuff is kind of what he does. And so it would have made more sense instead of having him be a shadowy figure that doesn't exist because you could have them kill him and him still not be dead and still be able to be a bigger bad later on in a franchise or something like that, because this was meant to be a tr the beginning of a trilogy. Dear God, it would have been the worst trilogy ever. But God, but then even then, like Justin was saying, they don't really lead towards anything that make you want to see another fucking movie. They didn't even have the camera like zoom in, like zoom out through one of the camera lenses to where you could see a Dr. Essex staring at him going, oh, we'll get him back. Nothing to make you think that yeah. there's anything else after this that you needed to see. <laughs> but like, they nixed uh, that idea, right? Like they're not actually doing anymore. Oh, God, no, this is done. This was one and done because okay, Disney's not doing anything with these X-Men movies. Um, and so with that, also, they also left out the other half of Danny Moonstar's powers, because, yes, her big thing. One of her powers is the fact that she can create realistic 3D real world representations of your fears. And what they should have done is also shown the other side of her powers, which would have made sense that why the other characters would have defended her is because she also can do the same thing with like your hopes and your dreams and your wishes, like fond, happy things, you know, oh, see, I wouldn't have even known that that was something she could do. Exactly. She has both sides of it. She can do your greatest fears and your greatest wishes, and she can make them come real, like to a degree, like it's not really happening, but you see it as a real life thing. So she could have done those things to these other characters also. So they would have seen like the goodness in her. You know, yeah, why like, wouldn't well, they have shown that? Then you would have understood why those people were willing to protect her because they would have been like, no, we know the other side of it. Now, you would understand why the Essex Corporation wouldn't give a fuck about that and just want the fears because they want to make weapons. But like the other characters, if she had like gone, oh, oh, here's a happy place. Here's a nice, happy memory with your ex-girlfriend. Or, oh, look, here's a nice, happy memory as a child, Ileana. Or, hey, remember that feeling of you running through the woods that you were talking about? You were free. Here's that feeling again, Wolfsbane. Like, you know, there are all these things she could have done. You know, she could have shown Cannonball this nice conversation where when the dad gave him the coal, he could have seen that and felt it and felt all the happiness and the fond memories and all this other stuff and felt that warmth and be like, yeah, I see the other side of her that the Essex Corporation wants to kill. That would have yeah, made that, sense. That would have that would have made the movie better if they would have shown that side too. Because I mean, all they did was, you know, when magic was, she was just like, "Yep, she's going to destroy us all." Like they, it showed that all she could be was bad, you know, and that yeah, it would have definitely made it better if they had shown the other side of that, especially because of that really butchered bear parable <laughs> that they told. That would have <laughs> made sense if they had shown the good and bad side of what she can do because that makes sense with that terrible story. Well, yeah, and the whole terrible bear quote at the beginning and end of this movie, it makes more sense to who her character is if they show the other side of it. Like the good bear and the evil right. bear. She has the ability to feed both. And all you see her feeding as far as her quote-unquote good bear 
is that she's nice to people sometimes, I guess, kind of like, yeah, she's understanding of Maisie Williams characters problems and she's understanding with Cannonball's problems, you know, like, that's it. She's just kind of yeah. understanding like that's the like, that's the good bear in her. Like, no, her powers are literally that both, you know. Yeah, and I and I really just I really appreciate <laughs> Justin kind of bringing bringing up the point about like having fear and shame is not like an inherently evil thing because it's like if you think about it and it's like okay if Danny was doing these things on purpose and she's like I want to show everybody their worst fear because I just want to see them suffer through that that would be an evil thing but the fact that yeah. people have fear and shame like. That yeah, it was just you're you're right on with what you said with that because that is like if you're going to really sell this the story that you're trying to tell about the two bears, make it something actually evil, you know, and it just doesn't do that. So I was gonna I was gonna mention that earlier. I just really appreciate that point that you made because you're right, you know, and then it's like, what if people completely take this out of context if they even watch this movie and they're like, oh, okay, so I'm evil then because I have fear and I have shame and all these things and whatever, you know, it's just like, why would that be the message you want to give people is that like things that every human being has makes them just evil. It's just super, it's really off. It is very, very off. Yeah. It feels tone deaf and shallow and even self-destruction, like not all forms of, self-destruction are evil in nature sometimes you can hurt yourself to help someone else you can make a sacrifice that hurts you to help someone else and it can be totally selfless in nature you know and and that's just to label all that as evil just seems very irresponsible. Like it was very problematic for me. I'm not lying. I paused and was. You yelling. kept that twenty minutes like, <laughs> on that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's because it's not evil. It's just kind of bad. Like being self-destructive is a bad thing. Nobody should be self-destructive. But it's not evil. Like having shame. Like if you're just too ashamed to be yourself because you think you're too different from anyone and no one will like you. That's a bad thing. It's not evil. It's just bad. Like, and it's not even like a bad, like, right. oh, you're a bad person. You're like, oh, that's bad. You shouldn't feel that way. Like fear. Like if you let your, your fear root, like control your life, like if you're afraid of other people just being different than you or, you know, you're afraid of this and that and this and that. Yeah. Don't let it control your life. That's a bad thing. But having fear just inherently makes you a person. And So, like, all those things are bad things, but they're not evil. Like, in no way, shape, or form are they evil. Like, yeah, self-destructive people can do bad things. Like, they might do drugs or be an alcoholic or any of these number of things. But none of it really inherently makes them evil. Like, being destructive, like destroying other people's lives and other people's shit. Yeah, that can be evil. But being self-destructive is just a bad thing. And it's just such a weird, weird thing, because like you said, Justin, it's like from the beginning of the movie, they go, that's evil. So they set that tone for it right away. mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's bad to live your life in those ways. Like, don't live your life in those ways. But it's not like nobody's going, man, that Hitler, he was just so self-destructive. Like, he just had no shame. Like. That's not like those aren't things you describe evil people with. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, actually, if you think about this movie as a whole, is there anyone in it that's actually just evil in the movie? Even the villains? Not really. Not any villains they show, actually. Well, I'm gonna, so just like, going to argue that know. Demon Bear is evil because it's a demon bear. It's not even just a spiritual <laughs> bear. It's not even just a bear of, you know, spiritual power. Nope, it's a demon bear. So I'm just going to go on a limb and say demons are evil. That's I mean, a typical archetype think, people can jump on. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, honestly, it's really just more evil things happened to these people more than they were evil. You know, so I guess they do show evil in the sense of like, you know, the attacks that happened and the kidnappings and, you know, all of those things. But it's not like the characters, anyone themselves really were evil. So it's like they want to sell that point from the beginning, but then they don't even have a character that kind of follows suit with what they're saying, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just weird because like they use that terminology of evil, but then like, those are all traits that the characters that are like trapped in that prison slash quote unquote mental facility or medical facility, whatever you want to call it. Those are all just traits they have because that's a big, like that's a big common thread in like X-Men and just mutant lore and stuff like that when it comes to the comics is the fact that like getting your powers can be a scary thing because like the doctor was saying it just kind of happens you're turning 13 14 you're hitting puberty bam you have powers and depending on what your powers are you might hurt somebody like cannonball or rain or you know uh wolfsbane did or you know something like that or like danny that all of a sudden she manifested fear but, like, the other problem with that is, though, too, is that, like, when Danny's manifesting fear, and I guess that's the reason why they just really hunker down on that side of her powers, is, like, I don't know, she didn't even look like she was having a bad dream or anything. She looked like she's just asleep. And all of a sudden, she conjured up right. a demon bear to attack her entire reservation. Like, typically, when it comes to stuff like that, it'd be because they're in a pressure-filled like field situation. It's not like they... Depending on your mutant ability, you're not just sitting there going, oh, I'm just sitting here. Bam, I exploded and killed everybody. Oh, no. It's a normal like, Tuesday. You're yeah. not doing that while you're eating your Wheaties in the morning. Like, it's typically like you're getting <laughs> bullied or something like that. And it's like an instinctual thing that just happens in your body that activates your the use of your power at that moment. A trigger. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's not... Like I said, depending on some of them, I guess if you have a mutation where you physically change, yeah, you might wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I look like a cat person now, like a beast or something where, yeah, you could have that type of mutation. But for the most part, the triggers aren't just like, oh, I was asleep one night and I destroyed my whole village like it could if you were having a night terror, because then that puts your body under stress and it activates an instinctual instinctual ability in you. But it's. You know, and it's not like I said, it's not the complete rule of thumb because all, all the mutants are different. But that's how they acted with all these mutants. Like they were just sitting there and like, bam, they're just powers just went yeah. off. And that is something that like is scary. And they're filled with shame and like in regret and, and and all these things. And they are self-destructive because they don't know what to do with their powers and stuff like that. And so that is a common motif in the comics and in the movies and, and just in general, like I said, with the X-Men. The problem is that they're just like, like, like we've been talking about. They're just like, yep, it makes you evil. So these characters all think they're bad guys trying to then become good because like Cannonball was saying, they had an accident, you know, 
their powers activated and accidentally killed somebody. That doesn't make you evil, especially yeah. something like that. You know, that's like you, you don't have control over it. It's a part of your body you didn't know and all this other stuff like that wouldn't make you evil. Now, if you then continually went around killing people, yes, we would all say that's evil. But apparently in this, no, because as long as it's not fear, shame or self-destruction, not evil. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's why there wasn't a like a bad guy in this is because the doctor and the Essex Corporation or even the demon bear had none of those evil traits. So there's just no bad guy. Yeah. Ugh. Any more fucking thoughts? I am all out of thoughts on this movie. Yeah, stick a fork in it. I agree. All right. On that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers podcast. We are cinema underscore slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, give us a five star review on your preferred podcast listening apparatus if you can that'd be great that really helps us out and kurt gets a reprieve because i finally got to see that notification that he gave us one so no fuck you kurt on this one not at all i will not say fuck you kurt one bit on this episode of this um thank you tamara for joining us on this sorry you had to do it on this movie no thank you for having me it was fun yeah, it was fun. Thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. It was nice to have a guest. We haven't done this in a while, and this was fun. It reminded me of old school Cinema Slayers. So thanks for coming on, Tamara. You were great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was nice to meet you guys over the airwaves. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't have any of those evil, evil traits. You came no, on this. so evil. So no, I get a little anxious sometimes. I'm a little fearful. I'm so evil. <laughs> Oh, not see letting that evil in. Can't be doing that. But on that note, guys, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Are you afraid of the dark? Have you ever been ashamed or had stage fright? Have you ever hurt yourself doing something dumb? You're evil. I really thought you were going to seem informant. <laughs> I should have. No, you just wanted to repeat the evil mantra again. <laughs> <laughs>